Uh, you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. I know it's 2023, and I know there's a whole college football season coming up, but you'll forgive a whole bunch of folks around these parts and other parts of the country that are thinking about 2024 today, because we do have a little time to do that. SEC schedule 2024. The House Divided will be back. Texas OU will be back. Texas and Arkansas will be back. We'll talk about all of that, where the games will be, and then what happens next in terms of getting everything set up. Plus, we got some NFL stuff to get into. We got the album Movie Swap discussion at 2.05 today. Jump on in. Here we go. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. I'm on the Aggie side of this thing because I'm excited about the House Divided coming back. And yes, I do think it's kind of cool. It's on starting College Station. He is Isaiah Collier. He's on the other side of it. He's on the Longhorn side, and he thinks it's incredibly petty that they're starting in College Station, probably. What's up, Zay? Oh, it don't matter no more. We're using that as fuel. That's fuel at this point. Uh-huh. Y'all want to be petty and be entitled and stuff? All right, cool. Cool. We're going to use that as fuel, and when we go up there to College Station and Kyle Field, it's going to be time to spank some ass. Zay, you're going to have to excuse the Aggies because the one thing they haven't felt in the SEC yet is entitled (laughs) to anything. They're going to enjoy this one for about five seconds and then move on to the rest of it. That's, it might be the first time I've gotten to think, oh, look at that. The SEC kind of gave the Aggies a little love. Oh, ne- come on. I never knew that was possible. Come on. I never knew. Uh, we will get into all that scheduling. There's a, there's so many different layers to it, and uh, you've seen it tweeted out. It's at hornfm.com. It's all over the internet, and we'll be talking about all those matchups today and how close the reports were to getting it right. They nailed pretty much uh, every detail yesterday. We'll give them credit for it uh, as we get started today. Yesterday we told you about horns247.com, their report. Uh, then it was ESPN's Chris Lowe, and I think they nailed all the big ones. They said it would be Texas at, a- at A&M to start that one uh, in 24. That was right. Texas at Arkansas. That was right. Texas would host Georgia. That was right. Then later in the day, Zay, we heard the re- rumor of Oklahoma would also host Bama. That's happening. So a lot of those things, like we say, nobody can shut up. All the sources will, uh, will you know, leak things out there. Uh, the, the schedules are out. Let us know what you think. Longhorns will go to Arkansas, A&M, Vanderbilt, and, of course, play Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl because that one can't go away. It's added to the SEC slate now. And the Longhorns will host Kentucky, Mississippi State, and both cocktail party schools. I love it. Zay, that's, that was a cool little touch, I think. To take a team that's involved in what I would call the most unique rivalry in college football and then bring the other two teams that have the second best for me, the second most unique rivalry out there in terms of the game itself, bring Florida and Georgia to town, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, this is what we wanted. We've been talking about it for a very long time, and it's not here yet. One thing that I love that Steve Sarkeesian did yesterday was put out the 2023 schedule. That was smart. Genius. Yep. We Let's stay locked in. This is 2024 we talking about SEC. We ain't going yet. We still got a job to do. We still got big plans. And this team that we got coming this year, it could be really special. So let's not jump the gun. But yesterday was very exciting. I do like what we see here. We're finally getting those big-time games at DKR with Georgia and Florida coming into town. And 
yeah, we knew it was going to be tough no matter what. When you got three rivalries on the schedule and one of them's neutral and the other two are away, it's tough, especially when that one's going to Kyle Field. Even though we've been wanting that, right? it's still a tough schedule. And you look around everybody else's from Florida to Alabama to OU, everybody's schedule's tough. There ain't no running. Ain't yeah. no hiding from anything. Yeah. And you're going to get what you want. Now, those teams, other than Alabama, they have a good non-conference, but Texas and playing Ohio State, playing Michigan, that makes things a little bit tougher. Excuse me, a lot a bit tougher. Oh, yeah. A lot a bit tougher, but I like where we're at, and hey, SEC, here we come. There's a lot of good non-conference stuff coming. I'm so happy that the SEC is headed where it's headed in terms of no divisions, and they're mandating that non-conference game. So in 24, just as an example, you're going to have A&M hosting Notre Dame. Alabama goes to Wisconsin. Not some weird game in Atlanta. They're going to Wisconsin. True road game. That's great. Did you see LSU, what they're doing in 24? Yeah. They're playing USC and UCLA. Mm. They're hosting the Bruins and going to the Trojans. So that kind of stuff I think is very, very cool. And Zay, yesterday I said I was going to focus in on Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, and Arkansas and how the fan bases might react. I think all, f- I think three of the four would be pretty happy. And the only one that might get a little salty is OU. That schedule thick, boy. I thought OU got treated like... Not quite like as big of a brand as they actually are. I think you as a Texas fan can get to be a little – you can pull out your smugness on that one and say, you know what, I thought we got treated like Texas, but doesn't seem like they treated them like Oklahoma. I mean, again, somebody was going to get the short end of the stick. Somebody yeah, was going to feel slighted, and somebody's schedule was going to be a little bit tougher than, you know, yours, whoever teams you are. But, yeah. I, you know, they should. It's Oklahoma. They should be able to go up to Ole Miss and beat them no problem. It's OU. I mean, I know Lincoln right. Riley ain't there anymore, and, you know, Venable's got a big job on his hands. But, yo, I don't know what you want to say. Like, Missouri, okay. Now, Death Valley, probably at nighttime, too, with it being OU. Now, That's brutal. Right. Throw, throwing Missouri in definitely helps them out. But here is a fact, unless I'm seeing it wrong. I can only find two teams that have to go to Auburn and LSU. OU and Vanderbilt. Auburn ain't Auburn no more. I, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. They, you know, they got a long way to go. And whether you're an Oklahoma fan or an A&M fan uh, or anybody else going to Auburn, you hope that you're right. Yeah, and, and maybe because it may take, even if Freeze gets there, may take him a little while. But we're talking about two years from now, not this year. Right. So it's a whole year of growth. That's another interesting factor is you can look at Texas hosting Florida and Georgia, whoever else has come. By the time you get to 24, you'll know exactly what you're facing. So I think all those fan bases are going to be happy. Obviously, you know, for those Aggies that wanted that game in College Station with Texas, they're happy about that. But A&M's also got to be happy that they avoid Bama and Georgia. Arkansas has got to be happy that they avoid Bama and Georgia because they've been dealing, both those teams have been dealing with Bama every single year forever. Arkansas has been since the 90s. So <laughs> maybe good to have a breath, you know, take a little breath, breathe in and out and, and move forward there. But I thought 
everything ended up pretty fair, uh, and it's a tough job, obviously, the SEC committee has of putting this together and how do you keep 16 teams happy and all that stuff. Let us know what you thought of the reveal. Uh, somebody texted us, as a Longhorn fan, I'm worried about this upcoming season in all sports. All uh, all of these about to be ex-Big 12 opponents getting one last chance to play Texas. Want to talk about extra motivation? You know all this SEC 24 schedule release is just adding fuel to their fire. Back to the point you were making, Zay. We talked about it yesterday about how they would deal with it. Steve Sarkeesian did throw out that tweet about was it an hour before? Yep. Something like that to say, hey, we're focused on 2023. He'll need to do that a lot. And like we said yesterday, if I was a coach in the Big 12, I'd hammer on it all day. I'd tell my team, Texas and Oklahoma, do not care about us anymore. They're ready to go to another conference. Let's give them a going away present. Right. And it starts with your quarterback, Quinn Ewers, and what you've been hearing. He's doing all the right things that you need for this team to go win a Big 12 on Big 12 championship on their way out, going to the SEC. And from his mechanics to his body to his leadership, his voice, like that's big this season. With all the talent that you have coming in, guys like A.D. Mitchell, you're hoping Isaiah Nayer could give you something this year. I'm still kind kind of hesitant on that because that's a big-time injury that he's coming off from, and we're asking a lot from him just with, you know, the hype that he has. So I'd say we should be patient with him, but there's so much depth beyond that with guys like Jordan Winnington and plus his leadership and the other side on the defensive end, Jayden Callahan. Hopefully he could be healthy, and you got to lock in for this year. Like like you said, that coaching staff, they got to be on it. 100% nonstop. Like, it's week to week. And there's so much hype around Texas. So many people have them in the playoff this year. A lot of that four team, that fourth team, probably mm-hmm. with Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, USC, because Caleb Williams, and he's that good. So you got to knock that noise down. And again, I think there's enough leadership in that locker room to where. This coming out today, yeah, it's cool, yeah, it's fun, but it's 2024, and we got to focus on 2023. We know the refs might be a little shaky just because we've seen it before. (laughs) You know, we've seen it before. As Texas fans, we've seen these Big 12 refs do some very suspect, questionable stuff that makes you think a little bit. Like, you never want to assume, especially as a former ref, you know, Chad, your boy's the former greatest ref in Central Texas history when it comes to basketball. So I give refs some love, but there's been some very shaky things over the years, and I get it. It's very valid. And when you're going into the SEC, there's a lot of bitter, salty people that don't like that you're leaving, that don't like that you're Texas. And you got to overcome a lot and staying locked in and staying focused on the task at hand is going to be critical this season for Steve Sarkeesian to get those guys focused the whole year. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt. Uh, somebody texting us, let's not rush to getting our asses whooped. Focus on 2023. Let's not forget about this upcoming season. Let's just try to get to Dallas. All that stuff will be there. Here's another reminder, uh, and, and yeah, kind of what you just talked about, but we also know that it's going to feel like you're not getting the calls or you're not getting the calls or both. It's going to feel like that a lot. I'll give you the back-to-back examples. 2010, last year Nebraska was in the conference. I attended the game at Kyle Field. Nebraska got railed on some calls. <laughs> railed, Zay. They wow. got busted up with calls to the point A&M won like a 
clunk fest, like 9-6. Right. I mean, it was ugly. I literally apologized to a Nebraska fan on the way out. I felt. <laughs> oh, no, stop I it. did. I felt so bad. I was like, man, that's, that's, that's not right. That's I'm a- surprised your own people didn't jump you. If somebody overheard oh, yeah. me like, oh, jump this guy. You know, true Aggie. Oh, I'm sure I got called a two percenter yeah. behind my back or something. But that was bad. And then the very next year, last game, Texas, Texas A&M, if you go back and look. And again, for me, yes, you can say I'm coming from that side of it. There were some weird calls in that game that went against the Aggies. Mm. They're the team that's leaving. So just keep that in mind if you're a Texas fan or an Oklahoma fan. Watch the close games. Back to that Sark thing in close games. Another reason he does not want to be in one-score games this year. Because those officials, they may not even mean to do it. Their human nature might lead them to do it, especially when you're in road games. So just keep that in mind. The focus is going to be important. Obviously, we'll be talking about this schedule today and the reaction of it. But yeah, at some point, Steve Sarkeesian, he'll probably get asked about it at media days, and he'll get asked about it leading into the season, and he's going to really need to keep that focus narrow. He's going to need to put those blinders on like the horses wear. Just keep it focused on 2023. Yeah, because the schedule is tougher than you think. Like Texas Tech, they got a lot of guys coming back. Yeah. Iowa State, they got a lot of guys coming back. Will Howard coming back for Kansas State. They won the Big 12 last year. And who knows what Sonny Dykes has up his sleeve. I know they're losing a lot. A lot of guys from the NFL like Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston and Hodges Tomlinson, et cetera. But Jalen Daniels, Kansas, I mean. That game's in Fort Worth, by the way. See? Yeah. I'm telling you. One more time in Fort Worth with Big 12 officials. I'm telling you, last time you were there, it took B. John Robinson 30-something carries just to make it out. Uh-huh. I, like, that's a brutal place to win it. Is. And, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a tough season. But it, they're, they're, with the roster that you have and Sark talking that talk, which he should be, like, this is year three for me. They're starting to walk like me, talk like me, think how I think. The terminology's there. The vocabulary's there. Everything's clicking. You know, you should be able to get through the season and get where you need to go, and that's a Big 12 championship. Lots of text rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Someone says, I see that we get to beat A&M in College Station next year. Oh, I know. that sounds so sweet. That's how a lot of Longhorn fans are looking at it. I heard Rod Babers give that uh, that logic on the air, and yeah, it makes total sense. You beat the Aggies in College Station the last, well, you thought it was the last time you might ever play them. You're going to crank it up again in College Station. The pressure will go to A&M in certain ways because they're at home, so Beat them in their place. They're they're going to be all excited about bringing you back in there. They've redone the whole stadium since you were there. They've made it an SEC environment. All the stuff's been added. Oh, come look at how we've added this and added that and all. And then if you beat them, whew. Yeah. The discussion around – I mean, I've had people text like, hey, is Jimbo still going to be the coach when that game happens? Oh, man. Hot seat. Like, man. Pull him on the hot seat. So I don't know if that question is fair, but Zay – what if he loses the game in College Station to start the the restocking of that rivalry? What does that mean for him? I mean, there's the because that's the other thing about that game that everybody needs to reset the brain. You older folks know where I'm about to go. Zay, that's a game that's been up and down over the years. One team seems to be up while the other is down, mm-hmm. and while that team is down, coaches lose their jobs because they can't win that game. Flat out, yeah. both both sides. We could we could start naming. Texas coaches and A&M coaches that got fired because they can't win that game. The right. rest of it almost doesn't matter at times. If you can't, you keep losing that one, yeah, they're not going to love that because it was always at the end of the year. It's the last taste in your mouth. And if it's that over and over again, losing, 
you're in trouble. And that's why for both coaches, Jimbo Fisher and Steve Sarkeesian, this 2023 season is big. Yep. Because what you do in this season can make whatever happens in 2024, win or lose, not as bad. That's true. It yeah. can. You go Longhorns do something special this year, even though losing AM would be tough, but they do something special this year and you go into the SEC and the brutal schedule that you see, you maybe beat a Georgia, beat a Florida, and then lose to AM. And that might be your first loss. What can you say then going for a 12 team playoff? That's tough. Right. That's tough. But mm-hmm. Steve Sark, we ain't going to be talking about his job, especially if he does well again in the 2023 season. So, yeah, I. <laughs> it's fun that we're having these conversations. At the end of the day, that game is going to be towards the end of the season. And you know what that means. Like, it's a deal breaker for where teams are going to end up and where a lot of awards might end up. Vince Young, maybe if he would have blew y'all out the water and had a great game back in 05, maybe he would have got that Heisman instead of Reggie. A lot of people say that was the game. That's the game that, oh, he looked a little shaky in. This, yeah, they it was made, an awkward win. It was an awkward yeah. win. Now we're just going to give it to Reggie, especially what they've been doing for the last two uh, uh, two years. Do I agree with it? Nah. No. Because I'm biased and you saw what happened at the Rose Bowl. But still, that game changed a lot just because – and they didn't even take into account, like, it's a rival game. That yeah. don't matter. You, you want the Heisman, you show out in the biggest games. And they won it, but – so that yeah. game determines so much. It's such an important game. I'm so glad it's back. Shout out to the SEC, man. They've got something right. Yeah, they did. I'm so glad they put it together because nobody nobody on the Aggie side, nobody on the Longhorn side wanted to be the one to say, oh, man, I really want this. I really, really want this. I'm the only one, I think, that would actually that's been saying it for 12 straight years. Bring the game back at all costs. I'm not the only one. There are a lot of fans out there that have thought, but we don't have the power. The people that have the power just haven't been able to do it. But the SEC figured it out, so it's great. Somebody says, be there. It'll be Jimbo's last game. Oh, man, there you go. That's brutal. Somebody else saying, Texas will get Jimbo fired. Another Longhorn fan texted us, all I can say is, Sark, capital letters, better be the guy, with exclamation points, after, I guess, seeing that schedule uh, for 2024. This one says, nobody's talking about Georgia's schedule they have this year. Only top-tier teams on their schedules, Tennessee and Florida, that's a walk through schedule. Yeah, we'll probably we'll get to that before this season begins. Uh, hopefully, next year it's not going to feel that way because next year Georgia will host Auburn and Florida and Tennessee, and they will go to Alabama and Texas. Just that one still gets me. How many teams ever have ever has anybody ever had that on their schedule at Alabama at Texas in one season? Oof. I can't imagine it's someone. I can't imagine that has ever happened. That's amazing. All those little things that we're going to get to say. I love it. A team going to Auburn and LSU. That's awesome. Yeah. Heck, te- I mean Texas. The back in the day in the Southwest Conference, they would have never made Texas go to Arkansas and A and M the same year. That's wild, man. We all w- would remember how that would you know play the other way. 
You're going to play okay. All right. The, you know, for everybody else, it was all right. You're hosting Texas this year. You're hosting Arkansas the next year, and it was back and forth or whatever. Or it was Texas and Texas A&M or however it worked. Uh, the scheduling will be discussed today. Let us know what you think, and if you want to uh, answer the question, I asked it of a guest yesterday. I'm going to ask it of Zay and all you Longhorn fans now, and we'll roll through on the other side and start getting the uh, the answer. The question is simple: What is your SEC environment you want to see? I tell you what: If you're a Longhorn fan. I'll give you Kyle Field for free, even if oh, you. Oh, stop! No, no, I'm saying if you've never been there, right. I, no, I don't want you. I just don't want you to fall into the thing where you're like, well, I gotta be at that game. Let's put that one to the side. That game is that's a hundred miles away, right? You've probably been there before. We're not going to count that. The SEC environments that are now in going to be in your conference. I'll pay for everything. I'll pay for all the hotels or flights or whatever you need. Where do you want to go hang for a full SEC weekend? That's what I want to know today from our listeners. What's that place you want to go? You want to think on it, Zay? No, I got it. You got it right now? Yeah. Where do you want to go? Death Valley, LSU. You want to go Baton Rouge? Yeah. Okay. Because for one, I know I'm going to eat good. Mm Mm-hmm. And that atmosphere is just crazy. Okay. Nighttime, too. Make night, Death Valley nighttime. You want a night kick? I want a night kick. Night kick, yes. Death Valley. Okay. Because yes. that, that changes a lot. Zay is starting with LSU. 2025, baby. Let's get it. Longhorn fans, do you agree with Yo, him there? Hey, if, if you're another fan base, where do you want to go? Chad, think about it, okay? Because Quinn yours. Hopefully he has a great year to where this is it and he's entering the draft because we know that's a part of the plan. We talked to Justin Wells. We know that's a part of Quinn Ewers' plan to go to the NFL as quick as possible. I'd be shocked no matter what kind of season he has if he came back in 2024. But that means the Malik Murphy-Arch Manning battle will start and you're not and who knows what will happen there, but there's still a possibility that Quinn Ewers can come back for 2024. You don't think the SEC is thinking about 2025 Arch Manning at LSU going back home to Louisiana? Ooh, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Everybody's been that. Well, we asked that weird question earlier about the, you know, whatever, the Jimbo. Is he going to be the coach? Who's the, who are the quarterbacks in the game in 24 in College Station? That's an interesting question, too. Yeah. Who are both quarterbacks going to be for those two teams right. when that rivalry gets back together? Because the last time it got together, it was that Ryan Tannehill against that Case McCoy. Wow. What's it going to look like? And both teams were average. Right. Average <laughs> in 2011. What's it going to look like in 2024 when it gets with, with this kind of recruiting momentum for Texas, with the recruiting A&M's been doing lately as well? Both, both coaches are known as quarterback guys. Who's going to be taking snaps if it is Sark versus Jimbo, Texas, Texas A&M, and they re, re, you know, get the thing going? Who is the uh, taking those snaps? We will see. All right, so we'll keep talking schedule. Let us know where you want to go. Do you agree with Zay? Is it Baton Rouge? Is that your ultimate SEC environment that you're going to get to check out? Let us know. Up next, we'll also get into some NFL discussions. Apparently, there's a hard knocks problem going on for the NFL. We'll discuss that, plus some updates on Stefan Diggs and another running back talking about how the running backs don't get valued. That's next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Here's a good sunny day, summertime kind of song for you. 
Hope you're having a good Thursday. A little Jimmy Buffett for the kids. Bam. Margaritaville. There you go. There's uh, there's definitely some Jimmy Buffett corners of SEC country. Texas fans are going to get to go to. You get to go to games at well, maybe the Swamp. Maybe go yeah. check out a little Florida action. Yeah. Maybe go check out Athens. They love Jimmy Buffett over there. Jimmy's one of my birthday uh, Christmas birthday brothers, born on Christmas. Nice. Me, Ricky Henderson, Jesus, and Jimmy Buffett. We get together every year. Jimmy always plays the music. He always does a great job. And Ricky just tells us about Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky always makes a joke about, you know, the most powerful person in this room is going to go get something to eat. And Jesus is here, too. All right, Ricky. All right. All right. All right. Come on. Uh, Jimmy Buffett gets us started today. And we've been talking, obviously, about the SEC schedule 2024 somebody sent us the question on the text line is dkr an sec environment we will certainly find out you're when we win it you now <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to throw that billboard up like the aggies did you're now sec country officially in 2024 but um i'd say zay at times it can be a damn good environment. We'll see how consistent it is i think it will this kind of scheduling is going to ratchet those fans up when, the, when you're seeing Georgia come in, when you're seeing Florida come in, even a team like a Mississippi State. Um, I yeah, mean, Kentucky could be good. I mean, they just had Will Levis. Will Levis came into town, it'd be a packed house. Yeah, there's just certain things that, that are going get to you, get you fired up. We've talked about it over the years. Obviously, Texas fans can be a little reactionary sometimes. It's that other fan base that'll get them going. That's why the Aggies coming in always is interesting to me in Austin because they get Texas kind of fired up a little differently. They grit their teeth a little differently. I think they're going to start doing that. To, we saw it with Bama last year, right? That was different, man. You see those, oh, yeah. those Bama people walking around? Texas uh-huh. fans were different too. So I think we'll see how it builds as an SEC environment. And then with all do we all know what we think, what a lot of y'all as Longhorn folks, and I think the same way about those Sooners, but – if you've ever watched a game on Saturday from Norman when they packed that joint, it was a pretty good environment. Yeah. It feels energetic. It feels like they've got something. And the chuck wagons and the – and they, dude, they bring a chuck wagon onto the field and they've been firing guns for years. There's SEC in their DNA and their country. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's one thing that they is. They like, is country. Like of these, two fan, of these two schools, I think we all understand the one that's going to need to maybe – maybe take a little longer to fit in in terms of the cultural part. Texas doesn't feel SEC in every part of them the way Oklahoma does to me. Right. They're going to need to we'll, – we'll get into that. Yeah, but, we're looked at as a bit bougie a little, from the outside bit. world. But the SEC's got some bougie. Oh, for sure. Trust me. Go ask any other fan base about Georgia. Anyone. Go find any fan base and ask them about Georgia fans, and you will hear some of the funniest stuff. Oh, they just think they're better, and they just this, that, blah, 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 blah. And I always follow up with, I've heard their girls are the best looking. They're like, oh, their girls are fine. Yes. Oh, for real? They, apparently, Georgia's got the girls. Really? Apparently, they've, I have multiple fan bases tell me they've got the hottest girls in the SEC. Wow. So now we're going to have to see. Ah, yeah. Now that, now that you got two schools in the state of Texas, we all know Texas can bring some good-looking women. Oh, yeah. How's it all going to map out when you add the 
girls in Austin to the discussion. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, SEC coming in 2024. We've been talking about that. Uh, and by the way, we do sit here 79 days away from the first Longhorn football game, that first big weekend, September 2nd, 84 days from the NFL's first game, and 87 days till the NFL's first Sunday. Now, speaking of the NFL's first game, that's Thursday night, and it's the Chiefs and the Lions. So, Zay, I didn't realize that uh, that we were maybe having a little bit of a little hard knocks issue in the NFL. I thought this was an easy thing for them. About this time of year, they let us know who's going to be on hard knocks, and we just move forward. That's not happening? Yeah, if you don't know already, NFL teams hate hard knocks. They absolutely hate it because the cameras are always around you. Already training camp's brutal. But you got to do the interviews and then go behind the scenes and they want to see life with family and stuff. And right. it could be exhausting and it could take away from really getting ready for the season like you would, you know, like a team would like to without distractions. It's a distraction. Yeah. And lots of teams get to say no. If yeah. You, if you're in the playoffs, you get to say no. If you have a brand new coach, you get to say no. There's a list of those. Certain teams, though, they're kind, they can get forced to do it. Yeah. Because that's just a part of the NFL agreement. So shout out to Dove Kleiman. Drops really good stuff on Twitter. He said that NFL Films have reached out to the Detroit Lions to do hard knocks for a second consecutive season. Because they are struggling to find a new team. There are four teams that they could force into doing it. And... Specs text line, let us know when I give you all this four teams. Which one y'all would like to see? The Chicago Bears. Washington Commanders, New Orleans Saints, and the New York Jets. Ah, one of these things is not like the other. Come on, can <laughs> you easy, tell huh? which one? I mean, to me, you, that is a blinking green light. Yeah. How do you not? You can force the Jets. You can force the team that just got Aaron Rodgers to do hard knocks? Yeah. Stop. He would hate that. You're done. New York New York media, Aaron Rodgers, all, HBO. All that happy-go-lucky Aaron Rodgers that you've seen lately, that stuff might go out the window unless you got the drugs ready for him. If you got the drugs, then maybe he'll be all right. But you don't want him to go back to the drugs, Chad. Yeah. I feel like he's off it. He looks good. Mm. He, looks, he does he look, look good. He looks yeah. good. looks no, clean. Look good. So you want to keep him at this level, excited, ready to play, and – he, at this point of his career, that's the last thing the New York Jets want, bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that's oh, what I want to see. Oh, I'll take it. If you're asking me what do I want to watch as an NFL fan who loves hard knocks, there's some stuff you could met. You could do some stuff with the Saints, maybe the Bears, but no, man. I just Bears, Commander, Saints, that just sounds like my my my. You say Jets, that's it. Yeah. Stop. You have you, but you could. If you get lost, just call Joe Namath. I mean, right? Yeah, just come. call Joe. Joe will be at practice one day. That's a whole episode, right? That's a whole week. Let Joe and Aaron Rodgers play a game of pool. See, now I, you, I, now I guarantee. You, now you asking for too much, dude? I guarantee you that'll get you ten minutes of content. Just keep it with Joe. Go to the closet. Let him show all the fur Ooh, coats and yeah. stuff like that, and let him show the ring and talk about how excited he is and how he feels like this season could be like the season that he had. And him, let him talk yeah, about it. Is. You asking for too much? Bringing Aaron Rodgers okay. in. That's the, right. They need Aaron Rodgers to kind of be like a ghost. Remember how they did Jerry? Golf, 
in Hard Knocks last year. Yes. We barely saw Homeboy. He's the quarterback. We barely saw him. Yeah. And obviously you can't hide Aaron Rodgers, but you know, trying to for, like the behind the scenes stuff, that that's asking for a lot. And again, it's such a distraction. This is the last thing the Jets need, but everything fans in the NFL needs. By the way, I don't even need that much Aaron Rodgers. If you tell me I get a team talking about Aaron Rodgers versus those other three, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take them discussing Aaron Rodgers. He's right. one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game, and he just switched to the New York media. That is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's easy. If, if they all due respect to my Aggie coaching crew in Detroit – that's silly if they pick the Lions again. I can't. I can't. I don't want to watch them again. Do you really want to go? I don't know what. Like, we all agree Dan Campbell's cool, right? Yeah. Is he cool? Do you want to listen to him swear again? Maybe, but really? Back to back? Un- unless if they go behind the scenes for Jamison Williams gambling and stuff. <laughs> like, really? Like, like, hey, dog. Like, how into it are you? We're trying to see what you do, what you bet on. Oh I want to see him, like, at the casino. I really want to see him go through it. Then I might, you know, that might be a little bit appetizing, but nah, Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets, you know, it's a no-brainer. And then, yeah, Sauce Gardner, he's a character. Yeah, he'll be great. He'll be great. I hope they go with the Jets. I hope they go with the Jets on that. Um, Staying in that division, I feel like we're doing a lot of Jets-Bill stuff lately, but the Stephon Diggs update, he was at practice yesterday, went through practice, and I am confused. McDermott comes out and tries to calm it down by saying, no, 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 he was here, he did everything he was supposed to do, we just needed a little time to decompress and get away from it. Okay, then why did you say it was very frustrating? Concerning. Very concerning that he wasn't there. It's not very concerning if you knew everything that was happening. So that part's weird to me. I, I just need to keep an eye on it. And I do think, Zay, maybe Josh Allen got some points with Stefan Diggs by trying to take some of this blame. Yeah. He said they could do different things in the offense to help him out, different things to make him even more a part of the team. It, at least on its face, that felt like something a leader does. Say you're sorry, even if you're not really sorry, or right. even if you don't think you did anything wrong. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. So, you know, Josh Allen, with the way that he wants to play and what he's talked about, because now he's getting into a part of his career, he can't take those hits that he once did these first few years, like lowering your shoulder, trying to jump over guys. Like, we've seen all the acrobatic stuff. And, yes, Mm -hmm. there's a time and place to do that, but you can't do it all the time. And we've talked about it with a lot of quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields is going to have to deal with it. Hell, Mike Vick, he talked about the adjustment for him when he got out of the pen and he went to the Eagles, and, like, he changed this game a lot. So a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, are fleet of foot, they kind of have to dial it back if they want to last in the NFL. And he knows that Stefan Diggs, in order for him to dial it back and not take those shots and not, you know, use his feet as much, he needs his number one receiver to be locked in. And if he's not, you got to do whatever it takes to lock him back in because what we saw in the playoffs, Cincinnati Bengals, that was a bad moment. It was. All of that, like him bitching on the sideline where Josh Allen, he ain't even looking up. He's not even acknowledging Stefan Diggs, like throwing his hands up, like, what are we doing, this and that. And, again, it just goes back to all the frustrations that they had with the injuries, DeMar Hamlin, et cetera, coaches leaving, having success in New York, and Brian Dayball. Like, uh, There was so much that went on for the Buffalo Bills last year when they had so much hope. Everybody, A lot of people were picking them to go to the Super Bowl, and that frustration, it fed off on – 
Stefan Diggs more than anybody. Yep. And now clearly there's something going on, and I'm with you. It's it's weird what the coach said. Like that's yeah. very odd thing to say, and a lot of people up there in East New York aren't on the same page. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. I just didn't feel like those things connected with Buffalo. Buffalo and the Jets, that first Monday night game, of course, uh, 9-11 with the New York uh, flavor uh, on that one. Should be interesting to check out. Also, we will tell you about Jonathan Taylor, the latest running back, to talk about the way running backs are treated, valued, and looked at in the NFL. We'll get into that discussion coming up. Also, in the crap bag, I got a 30 for 30 review for you and Longhorn fans I'll give you a trip not to sleep on in 2024 this is the horn Chad and Zay All right, we are rolling through a Thursday, talking uh, future SEC schedules, more football stuff as the season gets a little bit closer. We hope you are enjoying the start of kind of the dead zone in sports, but if you love your baseball, obviously Major League Baseball going on, and yes, the College World Series about to begin. If you're a TCU fan out there, or Oral Roberts fan, or anybody, I guess, that's still involved, uh, best of luck to all those teams. They'll get started tomorrow. Zay, I do not recognize this song. Carlos Santana. Oh. Well, all right. Okay. All right. Santana. All right. It's listed as Carlos Santana or just, no, Santana? just Santana? Santana, right. Okay. Uh, wow, is that a group? Is there a difference? Everything I know from back then with him is just called Santana. Okay. So I just wanted, I didn't know if there was a part like, you know, like there's some. There's some albums that were, you know, it was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers for years, but then he did a solo album that was just Tom Petty. Right. Like that was important to everybody to make the. the uh, the delineation there. But Santana and Jimmy Buffett getting us started today. Talking a lot about the future of Texas football is uh, SEC coming up in 2024. We now know the home and road teams. And yes, um, it is going to be Texas at Texas A&M and Texas at Arkansas in 2024. Again, the reminder, one year. One year Probably doesn't set any kind of a pattern on a lot of things. We'll have to see how the SEC does it past that point. But at least we know in 24 that it will. Um, they will get the house divided back together, and they got a whole lot of those rivalries preserved. There are only a couple I could find that aren't going to be there. So there's a lot of good stuff coming in 24. Hopefully the SEC schedule as a whole will stop being a little bit of a joke around the country like it has been in terms of some of those non-conference games. There's some incredible non-conference games coming up in 24 as well. We'll talk more about that coming up. Also, uh, an NFL story for you. Tyree Kill looking for a record in 2023. We'll tell you which one. Right now, let's talk crap bag here. Uh, Get you a couple things, including a trip you may want to plan for, Texas fans. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. First off, I would tell you, if you're like me, and you're a basketball fan, and you dig the NBA, and especially if you're my age, I'm in my late 40s, so I don't remember Bill Walton's NBA career, much less his college career. That 30 for 30 was awesome. Awesome. 
four parts, and they don't get to him as a broadcaster till like 15 minutes till the end. Wow. Something like that. So if you just think of him as, oh my God, he's an annoying broadcaster, I can't stand Bill Walton. Trust me, I get it, because he has jumped the shark for me as a broadcaster. But everything you get to learn about his time at UCLA, his time with the with the Trailblazers, his trip through the NBA, the Celtics, the you know championship and stuff, but also all those injuries. I just didn't realize all of those details. So it was incredible. Four parts. There's a lot to get you through. You, you got to be patient with it. But I thought it was really good. I was entertained by the whole thing, and yeah. it, it reminded me why I loved Bill Walton back in the day. Yeah, you know, a lot of Nikola Jokic comparisons are going out there. Bill Walton should be one of them. Yeah, and that's another reason I enjoyed it. After watching what Jokic just did, I think it's important for an NBA fan maybe to go back and get that perspective on it. Yeah, a lot of people say if it wasn't for that injury, he'd be up there with the Kareems and the Shags and the Hakeems. And, yeah, his passing was immaculate. He dropped dimes. And no doubt. Especially with that 86 Celtics team, that dude, like Larry, and all those guys in this Johnson, they did a great job of cutting off them just like the Nuggets do with Nikola Jokic. So, yeah, man, I think when people compare Joker, you got to throw Bill Walton in there, and the reason why they don't is because his career was shortened. It's a cool 30 for 30. They do cover that Boston era really well, and I learned some things about that too. So it's really, really good. Check it out. called The Luckiest Man in the World, and now I'm sure all four parts are already on ESPN+. Uh, In terms of this future Texas schedule, I'm going to mention a game nobody's talking about, but from my experiences talking to some SEC fan base, Longhorn fans, if you want to take a trip in 2024 and you don't want to go mess with College Station or whatever that's going to be and you don't want to deal with Fayetteville, don't sleep on Nashville. I know it's it's Vanderbilt, but hear me out. There used to be something in Austin called the SEC Picnic, and they'd have, at the time, all 14 groups were represented. Since my group was new to it, I wanted to go see it. And I found out, Zay, that one school was in charge of hard liquor. Vanderbilt. Somebody asked me early in the day, hey, have you seen the Vanderbilt set up yet? I'm like, no. They're in charge of the liquor if you need it. And all they had was this bar thing set up with hard liquor. So I kind of filed it away. Then I remember talking to Georgia people in Athens, and I talked to South Carolina fans when I went there. They both agreed, hey, here's a trip. I, I just kept asking, hey, where should I go? What, what should we be thinking about? It's like, hey, people may not remember it, but man, we love Nashville. Yeah. We love that trip we have. And so they will tell you that those Vanderbilt fans know how to party because deep down they know they may their team may not play football. Yeah. They'll be ready to party, plus you bring Nashville into it. So I'll just tell you, this is a third party here. I've never been. I haven't done the trip. I have heard from SEC people that that Nashville trip is something to check out in case you're looking for maybe a different kind of trip, and it is coming up on that 24 schedule. So just something to bring up. Nashville is apparently a pretty cool place for an SEC weekend. Yeah, we know it's kind of the heart of country music, and it's booming. Like Broadway's kind of like the 6th Street up there, and it's a fun time. It's not known just for the bachelorette parties, even though that's popping. But, yeah, it's a great city, great food, great people. And, yeah, I'm not surprised that Vanderbilt, they know how to rock. So I know we're going to get into this Tyreek Hill thing, so let me just fit in a Jonathan Taylor discussion here, Zay, because uh, it's this is wild that these running backs are continuing to, to talk. Dalvin Cook says, I'm not rushing. I want to be valued. And then the other day we talked about Saquon Barkley. 
kind of the same sort of stuff. Jonathan Taylor in Indy, he's in the last year of the rookie deal, and he started talking about it yesterday, different things, and says, among other things, uh, you, you definitely have to pay attention just so you know what type of space you're entering into. And you hope from the track record here, Indianapolis, that things are being evaluated the right way. And he talks about, I know you see why guys are requesting trades. They want to feel valued. This is such a wild discussion for me as an older NFL fan. I grew up in a running back era in the NFL, but it is different now. So I, I keep wondering, Zay, are these guys going to eventually, one guy's going to break through and get all the money? Or are all the running backs just going to have to realize that everything has changed, that your position is slotted differently? They got to realize that. <laughs> they got to realize that and try to save as much as they can and be smart with their money and realize the position that they're playing is, again, just not valued. And it probably started in 2001 when the Patriots won that ring with who knows was behind Tom Brady in that backfield, but they never had a big-time running back. And look how many rings they won up there. Mm -hmm. And then people started to realize it being a copycat league, oh, yeah, we don't need that bell cow running back. We just need a couple of guys that, hell, might not even have to be drafted, that we can might just find off the street yeah. and put in the system because we believe in our system that much. Who just did it with the Chiefs? Yeah, exactly. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round pick. Right. And he looked amazing. Maybe one of them the game because he had some pretty big, timely runs in that Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, you just got to realize the game has changed. And I feel for those guys because a lot of them, when they get drafted high, they are the offense. And since it's such a quarterback league and we got receivers getting paid all this money, when they talk about they want to be valued, and you heard Saquon you know, reflect on, well, look what I've done these few years. Like, yeah, there's Patrick Mahomes out there, and I'm not slighting Daniel Jones. He made sure we mm -hmm. knew that. But he's like, y'all got to understand that Daniel ain't Patrick. And I helped Daniel a lot. And look at what we just did beating yeah. the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. Give me some damn credit. Just all these GMs with what the market is, they don't got to pay these guys. And it's sad, but it's just what it is nowadays. Zay, they're even reminding the media that they do things in the community. Oh, Both Barkley man. and Taylor are saying, and it's not just on the field. It's off the field. It's the kind of leader I am. Sometimes the team looks at if you do community service or not. And I'm like, wait a minute, fellas, are you giving me your resume right now? It's tough. We're talking about a business. We're talking about the NFL. I don't remember growing up. I don't remember the discussions about whether or not Walter Payton, Tony Dorsett, um, trying to think of guys, and you know Gerald Riggs, Roger Craig, whoever was Eric Dickerson. I don't remember a lot of discussions of well, we're trying to factor in what he does in the community and uh, whether or not we want to pay him. No, it was about football. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, if those guys were great, they were great at, at all that other stuff. To bring that up was weird to me. It's got to be a strange place right now for the running backs. I feel for them. Let's just keep our eyes on that story. Jonathan Taylor, his last year of a rookie deal with Anthony Richardson as the quarterback? Yeah. Could that be good news or could that be bad news for Jonathan Taylor and his argument this year? Maybe He's probably looking at it as bad news because as much upside as Anthony Richardson has, he's still a rookie. Mm -hmm. And he's going to go through those 
really brutal rookie mistakes where we're over here like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell did you see? Why the hell would you do that moments? Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Taylor's going to be like, well, if I'm touching it 20 times a game and making this guy look good and he's a rookie, why am I not getting paid? Same thing Saquon Barkley. Like, Daniel Jones, this was really just his best year this last year. Other than that, people were talking about him being out of New York. Right. Like, they were thinking of, okay, we might have to, him coming out of Duke, number six pick, it might not have worked. And this past year with a new coach, it changed. And Daniel Jones, he thrived. But it still wasn't crazy numbers, you know, it was pretty good numbers, and he protected the ball better than he has in previous seasons, but he wasn't no Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow or anything like that. He just got better, and you could say a lot of that is because he has Saquon Barkley, and the focus is on him Mm -hmm. because he's such a freak and what he does with the Rock. Yeah, it's interesting. Somebody texted, did the running back value era end when with the Ricky trade? I never thought about that. And this Ooh. this just says running backs need to strike. LOL. No, 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 no. They probably <laughs> won't do that. But uh, but we'll see how all that uh, all that discussion goes. But interesting stuff there. Jonathan Taylor, the latest running back, to talk about it. And a lot of we're seeing a lot of running backs with the franchise tag on them, maybe feeling like they don't get an opportunity at big money. And then you got a guy like Dalvin Cook just chilling out. Wanting to be valued and wanting a big time offer, I still haven't heard what he's being offered. Who, who? I haven't heard none either. Like who's talking to him and what are they offering? We haven't really heard yet. We'll have to keep our eyes uh, peeled for that. All right, coming up, uh, let's get back into that SEC schedule talk for 2024. We've had some great texts coming in. If you want to send us something, Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. This is a text that starts with "I'm never going back to College Station." We'll see what else might be there. Plus, Tyreek Hill wants to go chasing down a record. We'll tell you what the number is and whose record it is. Because I got that part wrong. This is the horn.